Hello and welcome once again to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of the podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. Jane. Hello, Josephine. How are you in some time period that we are currently in? I am trying to decide whether to speak truthfully or suggest positivity or just make a noise. Uh, How about going for a make a noise and we can talk about the other two? Okay. The noise would probably be my head hitting this table. It would be hitting the table in part because I'm that tired because it's been really busy and because of the ludicrous things that I've had to deal with quite recently, making that gesture function in both circumstances. I love your autistic way of viewing the world or your neurodiverse way of viewing the world. Both are correct. (laughs) Which is a very autistic way of saying, yes, thank you. Hi, Jay. How are you in the insert time period here? Uh, Yeah, it's been a time. It's been, there's there's been things that have been been happening. God, we're so fucking non-committal. It's been a time. Oh man, it's been a day. It's 2021 which is 2020 plus one. And the reason I say it like that, because it's like, yeah, the same as last year, only one more. But there's some good <laughs> shit, like talking to you. Yes, that is good shit, as you say, Jay. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. Perhaps we should. Do you want to go first this time? <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> should um, I introduce myself then? Sure. No, the, the polite answer would have been, sure, I can do that, Jay. But I didn't want to, so I said no. Uh, it's been a day welcome to working with the neurodiverse yay (laughs) hi jay who are you (laughs) hi (laughs) so i'm dr jay i use they as a pronoun i got to give myself the job title harbinger of change because i work at thoughtworks as a consultant they're a bespoke software consultancy that employs people like me and lets us make our own job titles i also got to give myself the gender transgressive non-binary gender queer because the new zealand government as well as being awesome is well awesome and i have a statutory declaration to that so i really love stating that with style upon your forms that said i'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because i went to a queer lecture once i learned a little bit of queer theory and have decided that is now my brand. Josephine, who are you? Hi, I'm Josephine Barrett. I'm an activist, artist, and scholar. I used to like to make a spectacle of myself on the stage, but I tend to make a spectacle of myself these days by drawing funny pictures of queers and putting them on the internet. I also am a lecturer at the University of Uppsala Game Design Department, where I teach on game design. And I like to think of myself as a femme of international mystery. We're trying to think of what to talk about and everything we wanted to talk about ends up very dark because, well, we're queers in this world and we wanted to do something that was upbeat. And I was like, well, even being happy, even being jovial, being lighthearted is complicated. If I am lighthearted, if I am making a joke and laughing with Josephine, am I actually happy? Is this laughing through the pain? Is this laughing in the bitter face of the world is the laughter actual laughter is it okay to be happy when the world is painful is being happy the best response to the world we talk about the different ways that we respond to different things and how sometimes some of our queerness and some of our expressions and our mental health is the only sane response so it was me 
laughing at the world, the only insane response to the world. As me attempting to be lighthearted and jovial and happy about something, actually me masking. What does it mean to be happy and lighthearted? Because honestly, you've not heard from us for a couple of weeks because life has literally just been, well, it's been 2020 plus one. 2020 just keeps on giving and giving and giving. It is the endless bucket that never seems to empty as it pours more and more stuff upon you. We attempted to record an episode the other day where we tried to react in a sort of semi-comically sarcastic response to how we were feeling about a bunch of things that happened of late, many of them culturally difficult and socially and politically upsetting, which led us into a very particular state of mind and didn't end up using that recording because it just didn't feel like us. It felt actually quite sad and angry instead. And weirdly enough, of course, that is part of our response to society on a regular basis because society in its current form is incredibly aggravating and can cause a sense of hopelessness and upset and in a negative sense it can cause all those things. The world causes that effect on us, especially those people who are different who will tell you in any number of ways that the world can be deeply troubling and upsetting the sense that the world is just that state and causes that emotion. Jay and I have had several conversations where we've talked about wanting to be positive and upbeat and having a positive response to many things, that we both are optimists in some ways about the changes that we might be able to affect in our world, that we might be able to make things better, that we're also weirdly comedians, people who respond to the absurdity of things with laughter. I mean, Anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time will realize that we'll talk about some of the most (laughs) dark and upsetting ideas with particularly sardonic humor, because that's our way of responding to it, because it's a survival mechanism. It's also a way of trying to talk about a difficult topic in a way that's accessible for an audience. And it's just who we are. But what are the limits of that? And when does that positivity become toxic? This notion that you're trying to put on a brave face in front of it all when really actually you shouldn't be doing that at all. And the brave face has become this mask, as Jay put it, that is no longer helping you. It's no longer serving you. In fact, it might be doing the opposite. And maybe it's just, as we say, it's complicated. It's a case-by-case sort of thing. But there are some elements of it that I think are worthy of discussion because I do think they're commonplace. And I think it's an interesting topic to discuss and also definitely one that's very prevalent for us right now you know what are the limits of positivity what are the limits of laughing in the face of danger what are the limits of making jokes and satirizing the powerful and the pompous and the aggressive and the ridiculous what limits are there to that and on a personal level maybe on a political level on a social level it's about Sometimes being positive is hard to do. It's complicated. It's difficult. There are times when all you want to do is be angry, when your frustration at this constant grind of the world starts to make you angry. And the response that's going to get you the most benefit needs to be one that's a lot more positive. So that constant grind of anger is not going to get you where you want to be and will just continue to feed you being angry. So you almost need to, I wouldn't say put away the anger, but find a way to process it into a slightly more workable, tactical or strategic sense of 
positive but that still doesn't take away the fact that you're angry that still doesn't take away the fact that you feel the world pressing in on you but the way that you respond to it you almost have to fight your natural instinct to put your fists up and grind your teeth with anger and go I need to find a way to be positive in this I need to find a way to be taking this on in a I hate that I keep using the word positive, but taking this on in a practical light, taking this on in a mindset that basically says, yes, I'm aware of the anger that's underneath, but I can try and engage with this in a non-cynical fashion. I can try and push towards a better future. And that's really difficult. I guess it's a question of definitions. What is positive? What is the goal of your activity, of your behavior? What is the goal of your perspective on something? What is your goal in the expression you put out there? Those are different things, right? Like feeling positive, like I want to feel positive about the world. That's an emotion that you carry within you. That's your reaction to the world. Then what do you express amongst your family and friends? That's another reaction to that world. That could also be positive because you want to, you want to have a, positive relationship a positive dynamic in the face of all this absurdity and then what you express socially on a broader sense whether that's at work or in a wider social field that may be because you want to foster a positive working environment in the face of this absurdity that you're dealing with as well or even some of the discriminations you might find in that environment you might feel that that is the best response or the only response isn't going to get you more difficulty and in a social context, in order to get by and survive, it might be better to put out a positive expression. And then just as a way of life, as a response, that's another form of positivity. And they're all slightly different. Some of them can even be used as expedient tools. You know, for me, one of the lifetimes I've lived in the last 40 some years was trying to be a professional funny person, standing on stage and making jokes for people. I was lucky enough to get to do that in front of queer audiences pretty regularly. And so one of the things that I found worked particularly well for me and for my audience was to be professionally funny about queer experience, which often meant being professionally funny about queer experience, which was particularly difficult. This was a community effort to talk about really difficult experiences in a way that was cathartic, that allowed us to be open and talk about things that we weren't able to speak about in a way that was honest in the sense of like, in a way that was direct with the emotions we actually had, because that would be too fucking depressing, or it would be impossible because we couldn't find the words, or it would just have made everybody tremendously miserable and sad. And so comedy was the tool of catharsism. And then, of course, you know, there's the political comedy side. I would occasionally try and do these kinds of things in front of political audiences, occasionally actual politicians. And my goal there was to try to communicate a message that they didn't want to hear or were even adverse to in a comic fashion. Because I had this really weird rule in my head that if I can make you laugh about something, on some level, you must agree with me or see my point of view. Because a joke only works if you understand the premise and accept the premise of the joke. So when I'm trying to talk to someone who may be reluctant to accept the message that I'm trying to convey, I found that being funny about something is a way to have a moment of understanding. Because in order to laugh at something, you have to understand the premise of it. So when I've talked to people who are, for one reason or another, 
inclined towards not liking trans people very much. I found that making them laugh not only endears them because people like to laugh, but also because it is a way for them to accept my message and to see the absurdity of the experience that I'm living under that they may be part of. Not necessarily on purpose, but just are part of because they're part of society. I found that to be really useful. It's also really exhausting. But there are two versions of positivity. The one on stage when I'm talking to like-minded people who are interested in talking about an experience that's difficult, that is for our benefit immediately. And then using it as a sort of social tool to convey meaning and understanding to people who might not necessarily be able to accept it otherwise. They are really useful and I think really valuable ways of communicating. But that doesn't mean that they're always appropriate and they're not exhausting, even when they are appropriate, even when they're the exact right thing to do. You come home and go, oh my God, I'm so absolutely exhausted of making light of something that's really difficult to people who who I wish knew better already, or having to talk about something on stage and make people laugh about something that's really fucking harrowing. (laughs) And then there is that moment of like, am I projecting this to my own detriment or to the detriment of even others, you know, of trying to be positive. I mean, I'm thinking about those occasions when someone's really sad and something bad has happened and the impulse that some people sometimes have. And I think it comes from a good place is to be, oh, look on the bright side. It could be worse. And it's like, can it do explain because that'll make me feel fucking better. (laughs) Yeah. How many more things do you think could be piled on here before you think I'm at the worst? Because I think I'm at the worst. Yes, do tell my dear friend. Yeah, and that's funny <laughs> the way you put that. And there's a difference, of course, between being funny and positive, because, of course, sardonic, sarcastic thing, which is another form of humor. I don't enjoy that so much. I don't enjoy it so much doing it for myself because I find that I get too bitter. I'm actually genuinely, despite it all, a positive person who believes that things can be better, who believes in people, believes in positive experiences despite evidence to the contrary on too many occasions but I still believe that and I find joy in that I find worth in that for me that doesn't mean someone else has to feel that way and I don't always see it that way hence the episode you shall never hear dear listener (laughs) that we recorded (laughs) last week in which oh dear god I'm not entirely sure I've ever heard either of us speak that way (laughs) and I think this episode comes from that one because one of the comments that you made when we attempted to record the day before was, Jay, do you really want to record because you are not you at the moment? You do not sound like you. It's not so much your anger is leaking, but you don't normally sound this unpositive. Or was, you didn't use the word unpositive. But you don't normally sound like this. And then we attempted to record and we ended up throwing it away because even when we both thought that we weren't angry, even when we both thought that we were okay, when we started to record, we uncovered just how not okay we were. And I think there's something about that response to the world that we both have of being positive and angry at the same time. And people are like, how can you do that? And it's, is that not cognitive dissonance? And I'm like, we're queer, we always carry cognitive dissonance, but we're capable of being angry and positive and imagining a world where we win, imagining the world that includes us, imagining a world where we are part of it, 
imagining a world that not just allows us, it fits us. It's a world where we are celebrated for the brilliant people we are. It's not a succeeding despite being queer world. We usually manage to be positive. And this is where Josephine usually laughs and goes, Jay, I love the way that you think because you've managed to turn this around. We are the glittery cockroaches. We do believe that queerness will allow us to survive this pandemic because of the way that we think. We are usually able to express ourselves with that huge positivity. And yet sometimes that's exhausting. Sometimes you just can't. And I think actually that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to have that response to the world of like, yeah, this is a bit much. We are not going to be positive today. Some days you're just going to be there and just be like, nope, I can't. I'm too angry. I'm too pushed down. I'm too far away from any kind of positivity to come back with a positive response. Maybe that's the thing that we were and that time when we tried to record and the, t- the time when we decided not to record and the time we decided to record and it went wrong, we were too far away from positivity to be able to turn around and give our usual responses and give our usual viewpoint that is kind, that is generous, that is all of these things and is resilient. We weren't able to do that because whatever had happened to us had thrown us both too far away from that center of ourselves and that's okay it's about having a philosophy of life these podcasts they're public documents they're artifacts they are things that we like to put into the world and one of the things that jay and i like to put into the world is a sense of what we have as a central belief and philosophy of things can be better and things can be changed things can happen we try to live that. That's who we are. So when you say those moments when that was far from the center of us, of who we are, or who we believe we are, and who we'd like to project outwards, that certainly was the case. But that doesn't mean that there aren't occasions when we aren't those happy-go-lucky types who believe the world is going to be okay, and cannot express a jovial sense of, well, we'll muck in and get it all done in the end. What what Pip Pip could show. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why we're so British today, but we are. And my apologies but yeah it's a very odd dissonance to have a sense of of self that is positive in that regard a sense of self that believes in this a sense of self that holds on to that because it makes me feel better makes me feel like things can be done it makes life easier for me to be in because if I started to be that cynical and believe against that I know that I would not be happier, nor would things change. Now, that doesn't mean that the world's going to give a crap (laughs) about (laughs) my positivity and my belief that it can change. But given the other option, I think I'm happy with this version of myself. And so I like to project that version of myself. Now, there's quiet moments when I'm not that way. I'll talk to my friend Jay and be able to express that hurt and sorrow and anger and frustration and uh, negativity because it's not a problem. It's not wrong to feel that way. I think think it's quite reasonable. I think it's in fact healthy, healthy to feel that way. I think it's, it's, (laughs) it's for for want of a better word, normal to feel that way, given the circumstances. Normal for a given value of normal. Normal. No, just normal. It's like, no, because (laughs) 
it's 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 um cognitive behavioral therapy input stimulus expect response right stimulus crappy world treat you crappy response feel crappy act crappy don't believe in anything feeling good that's predictable <laughs> you right it's normal to respond to a, a world treating you that way to be feeling that way that would actually be the understandable normal response in fact i think it might be actually a little bit unnormal to feel happy <laughs> and positive and cheerful and try to respond with humor and with that optimism but then mm. we aren't normal you and i that's the point no, that's... so there you go and i like that and i enjoy that and there's a little bit of a fuck you in that as well there's a little bit of that there but it's mostly genuinely unironic i unironically believe that we can be better and that we can do better and that things might be better and <laughs> i'm going to try it i'm unironic about that i'm not cynical about it. i'm not being sarcastic i mean it and it brings me joy to feel that way it makes me feel better to feel that way and i like myself and my circumstances and what i feel when i try to do that i'm not always in the position to do that and i think interestingly enough considering what's happened to both of us over the last couple of weeks and how the world has responded to our I wouldn't say our positivity in the face of anger but the way that we react to this world that <laughs> seems determined to just continue to dump upon us at times because of the way that we react people react better about it people are more kind and considerate towards us because we always have that notion of kindness and consideration we always have that notion of empathy and we take those anger moments and we find ways of dealing with them it's not to say that I'm never not angry it's not to say that I'm never not frustrated but I'm very aware of who I should express that frustration with so that when I'm actually in the spaces that make me frustrated I can react without it as much as possible I can act without anger as much as possible, which allows me to think of different pathways to take and different ways of saying things and different ways of being. So even in the face of ridiculous amounts of anger from other people and from the world and ridiculous situations that just seem to just continually compound and compound and compound, you can always turn around and go, okay, what is the ideal of what I would like to be here? And can I get close to that? And that's not holding myself to a judgment. That's saying, what is the best way that I can act here? If I react back with anger, if I react back, but with frustration at this world, that's going to make me feel better maybe for a moment. But is that going to actually make this any different? If I react back slightly differently, can I change the world? Can I get the world to move ever so slightly? I think or maybe I'm just too positive. Jay, you know your answer to that question. You do. You have an answer to that question. You don't need me to say anything about that. I think you have an opinion about that. And I think you're probably right. Whatever your opinion is on that scale. <laughs> I, unless you're being mean to yourself, in which case you're wrong. But it's like, it's a 
there's a combination of considerations in what you just said, one of which is the entirely practical and sort of strategic. Will being positive and reacting with jocularity or jovial response or, or positive response achieve what I wanted to achieve over the outcomes of the alternative? Well, we can predict as much as possible or try to make a judgment and then react accordingly, depending on your ability to withhold the anger, frustration that any circumstance may cause. And then there's the personal philosophical, which are you too positive? That's, you know. I think the thing that runs through my mind in that situation is not some of those considerations. It's what is the kindest way forward? I can say four or five things here. Which of those is kindest to everyone in this situation? Which of those is kind to me and which of those is kind to the other people in this conversation? And I think that's breaking it down. That's the consideration. That's the thinking that's going through my head. I don't think it's even running to the practical. It's like what's kind and not kind as in nice, kind as in gentle, kind. (laughs) And it's not positivity and jocularity. It's positivity as in kindness is a positive way forward. And I think it's a philosophy that withstands the occasional day when you're not feeling particularly positive. You can still be kind. And one of the things that you can do in that moment is to be kind towards yourself, to be positive towards yourself, to consider yourself positively, to not be negative towards yourself. Because one of the hardest parts about all this is the sense of like, the world is this way, I need to respond to it in a positive way, because that's a good thing, or that's a kind thing, that's the right thing to do. But when I'm not feeling it, that must mean I'm wrong or bad or incorrect or doing damage in a place where I should be building things up. And that is actually not being kind to you. That lack of positivity towards yourself is the opposite of that. And I think in a way that is the most damaging form of negativity to apply, applying to yourself. And it's really common and really easy when you're not feeling well to not only not feel well, but to feel bad for feeling bad. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you felt shitty for not feeling happy for being in a situation where uh, theoretically you should be feeling happy. And yet there is something inside of you. There is something that has built up across all of these different pressures. That means that you cannot feel happy right at this point. Well, that's where I would contradict you, because theoretically, actually, everything points to me. Well, no, not everything. A lot of things point to me not being happy right now. But on the other hand, there are lots of things that point to me to be happy. And also there is an element of choice in there and an element of not choice in there. The element of choice can be there are things in my life that do make me happy. I can try and focus on them. That's great. But there are lots of constant elements in our lives. Now, pandemic aside, Being queer in this environment can be really detrimental to your well-being because the environment doesn't treat you so well. So you're going to feel bad about that at some point because that's just a natural, normal impact of that culture on you as a person. You can't treat people that way and expect them to be happy all the time because that's not a nice thing to do to them. And so there's that. I could challenge the basis of your suggestion. On the other hand, I'm really mean to myself when I feel like I should be positive in this environment because that would create the best outcome 
or that's the right thing to do, or I should have all the energy in the world to be confident and happy. And yes, we'll do it. And don't you worry. And I'll against all the odds, you and me against the world. And I just go, fuck it. I'm just not there right now. And that's perfectly reasonable and normal as we've established. And yet I will still be mean to myself. And it's that secondary negativity, which I think is the real amount of harm in that moment. For me, it's also that moment where on paper, you look down and you're like, on paper, I should be really happy right now. I've got this and I've got this and I've got these things and you don't feel it. And you can't feel that positivity. You can't feel that happiness because there are other things that there's memories of the stuff. There's remembrance of how you got to this point. If you fought your way through a battle, there's remembrance of how frustrating something has been to get to this point. There's remembrance of all of the small battles that you fought and the annoyances that you overcome. So when, you know, everyone's like, well, you should be tasting this victory and it should be so sweet. And this part of you going, no, it still tastes bitter because of all of the stuff that I had to get through to get here. And I can't quite yet celebrate this. You've got to give me time to finish processing it. And that may not just be in a day or so. That may take some time to really start to see this as a positive experience. It may take a while for me to see this place as positive. And I think this is one of those expectation things that we put upon ourselves. We have those moments of once I have this thing, I should feel completely happy. Once I'm at this point, I should feel complete and happy and all of those things. And yet we don't. And some of that is because we are still recovering from the journey to get to that point. We are still wounded from the battle that got us here. Those things that frustrated us are still there. That's because these things are relative and they always are and always will be. Because first off, pain as well as positivity, as well as joy or happiness is relative. And it's very dangerous to, I think, to link a sense of what should be happiness and joy to certain things, because I consider myself to be a tremendously fortunate trans person, because I know statistically that my situation is the rare one. I also happen to have been in less secure situations myself. I've had friends and still do who are in less secure situations that I try to help, but know that is still, unfortunately, the majority. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to express that because I get so I think, upset about it. I think what you're trying to say is that we have some incredible advantages currently. We are both employed. It's not an unusual thing for a trans and a non-binary person, but it is more difficult for a trans and non-binary person to be in stable employment, to have a stable house, to have stable, close family relationships. Those are rarities. And we are both lucky enough and privileged enough. And we have the advantages of having that. And we know so many friends who one of those three things is not stable and secure for them. And we do all that we can to support people who are in that situation, but we are very aware of our privileges. It still does not make us naturally happy and positive because you can have those three things and still worry about your friends. You can have those three things and still worry about your 
kindred who don't and And still feel their pain. And to want to do something about it and to know that sometimes being positive is the way to do that and not always feel like you're able. Yes. So to sum up, we are positive as the core of our beings, Hmm. but not being positive is not a reason to be unkind to yourself. Not being positive is a natural, honest reaction to the world, which makes it not toxic positivity. Toxic positivity would be enforcing a look upon the world of, look how fantastic my life is, or look how happy I am constantly, and not being able to be open and honest about, there are some days when you just can't. We are too far away from the center of ourselves. We've been blown too far off course to sit at the center of ourselves and have that positive reaction to the world that we like to consider to be the core of us. How's that for a sum up? Sounded good to me. Well done, Jay. That was positive. (laughs) Thank you, Josephine, for being so positive in your positivity. And your reaction. I appreciate your positivity. You're welcome. Oh my God. And the thing is that we're there for each other. And and I like that. Whatever our experience. I like your perspective on the world, Jay, but I also appreciate that that's not always the perspective that you're able to have or to feel secure in. And I like that Uh we can support each other in that. And I like your perspective on the world and I like the way that you approach things. And I know that there are some days when you just can't. No, I feel pretty positive about that, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you once again for listening, dear listener. If you are interested in supporting us in any way that's positive or not, whatever way you feel like, please consider having a look at our Patreon patreon.com slash it is complicated all the money goes towards inviting other queer people on to talk about their experiences so please consider supporting us there and we shall have somebody on very soon probably michelle i was looking through the list of people we could invite on i'm like whoa all of those conversations are going to be so good so if you're interested in helping us make that happen because we want to pay the people who come on those queer people who share their experience their insight and their time So that's where the money goes. And thank you for your interest in that. And even if you can't or don't want to, you're very welcome every single week to come and join us here on our lovely podcast. And every week. I love the way you say week. Fuck. Every time. It's been a couple (laughs) of months, weeks, days, years that have been difficult. It's also been quite a lot of everything of late. Yeah. But yes, and on the very next occasion when we speak, dear listener, we like to consider ahead of time what we might talk about. Now, it might not always seem like that's the case, but I promise you we do. And it is my joy to once again ask Jay if they would consider, contemplate, discussing next time how breathtaking Keanu Reeves is? Question mark. Oh, it's got to be exclamation mark because I just watched Dangerous Liaisons again and he is just breathtaking. breathtaking. <laughs> and in so many ways, it is that there is just a moment where he, he is like, 
the little 13 year old skater dude and it's just so gorgeous having watched that after watching my own private Idaho you can start to build up this kind of Keanu character mythos almost so Keanu Reeves is breathtaking in the multiple universe of characters that all interrelate in some fashion in your mind yes they're all of an expanded universe of Keanu and in every universe he's breathtaking absolutely I've yet to find a movie where he's not well, we'll continue to hear about this as uh, episodes go by. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to come across Johnny, Mnem- I can't even say it, Johnny Mnemonic. I can't wait for you to watch that movie. It is on the list. It's one of those ones that's waiting for a rainy day, a kind of one of those moods where you just want to lose yourself in a movie, which honestly hasn't been happening. See the rest of this episode for why. <laughs> See above. <laughs> See above. The, no, Johnny Sight Mnemonic. Yes, Johnny Mnemonic is definitely one of those movies that you kind of want to be. I, I think you could watch it in any state, to be perfectly honest. However, there is a particular state in which you will probably appreciate it most. I'm not entirely sure what state that is and what chemicals one would need to imbibe in order to get into that state. <laughs> but I'm sure there is such a state, and it is spectacular and breathtaking. And I can't wait for you to watch it. In the meantime, I shall wish you a lovely insert time period here. My cat has decided to come in and express herself. And so I shall attend to whatever it is that she wants. <laughs> All right, Jane. Thank you for this week. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> cat. <laughs>